This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 139. Do drawings that you love and post them and get your name out there and kind of expose yourself as much as you can. Then people, you know, start to look into you and um, that's when I started to get work was, oh, we found your drawings on Instagram. Um, We're going to do a book cover. Would you be interested? Or... I don't know, all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I would be interested. That's what I do. I'm, you know, that's what I'm here for. I will draw. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. How are you today, Lisa? I'm good. How are you? I am never better. Bet you didn't see that coming. I totally didn't. So this is a show about the art of colored pencils, where we discuss tips, techniques, shortcuts, and all the nitty-gritty of this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, who are we talking to today? We are talking to artist Morgan Davidson. Yeah, now she... Hi. Hi, Morgan. (laughs) She is here already. So tell us in a sentence, who is Morgan Davidson? Who are you? Oh, boy. Only, only one sentence. Um, I'll just... give you. You can use John's sentence, and I'll give you like ten more. So you, you just go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, um, I'm just an artist. I'm fairly new to this. I'm learning things day by day. I just um, do. I do what I love, and I. I don't know. I. <laughs> it's hard to sum yourself up. Yeah. Uh, but. I started small and I'm just doing what I can to, you know, continue my passion for drawing. And I also am very passionate and I'm getting a lot into, uh, you know, inspiring young artists to also pursue their love for drawing and a career in art because it's scary uh, starting off. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people consider it a hobby or something, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's um, hard to be like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. you know, for my career, my entire life. Right. And, um, very cool. Yeah. Well, hey, so and how did you get started? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I, I kind of started a little bit late. It was, uh, a little into high school and I never, to be honest, considered it as a career. I, I just would draw sometimes for fun, but nothing serious. And, um, I had an art teacher, Miss Smith, and, um, she, saw something in me. I I don't know. She told me to just keep on doing it because I love it and consider doing what you love for a career because every, anything is possible if you're passionate about it and you try hard enough. And I started to, you know, just draw all the time and draw things that I loved nature and, you know, the beauty of, you know, humans and started to kind of figure out what I like to draw. Um, and people started to notice I, I was like, a, she had to make an AP art class for me because I went through all the art classes and there was nice. none left. And 
I said, I wanted to keep on, you know, drawing, but I, you know, I hit the end of what you could do with the curriculum. And she's like, you know what? Um, you know, we're going to make a class for you. So you could just keep on drawing. Cause you know, that was my favorite class in the world. I'd, I'd you know, take out of lunch and go sit in the class and just use their, you know, pencils, colored pencils, my absolute favorite, even from the start. Um, and so in high school, just, I'm sorry, people just started like, uh, people started like standing behind me and watching me draw and be like, Oh, what's that? You know, getting excited wow. about it. And, uh, I started to notice maybe I had something there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, grade was it? Was that your, your senior year that you were in the AP art class? Yes. And, uh, that's when she started to tell me about art schools and I'm like art schools. <laughs> it was kind of a concept I wasn't really familiar with because I always just growing up, you know, you graduate high school, you go to a university, you get a nine to five job. That's kind of just how I saw things. Right. Right. And, uh, seeing the potential of, I can draw for a living. It's, uh, it was amazing to me. And it was something I was like, I need to do this no matter what, like if I could just draw and, and be able to do that and, you know, be at home and play my music and, you know, I could wear pajamas to work, which is a secret <laughs> that I do. <laughs> I, I always saw my friends shopping for, like, outfits for their work. You know, they have to wear slacks and stuff like that. And I'm just like, these pajama shorts are comfortable. I'll get these. Cause, <laughs> you know, you're just at your drawing table all day doing what you love. So okay. nobody else is there. <laughs> okay, don't make me hate you before we finish this interview, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh wearing God, those slacks yeah. going to work. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> I actually—it's uh, funny you say that because I just recorded a video yesterday where I showed the uh, that I was still wearing my PJ bottoms <laughs> too. My sheep were on them, and I showed it on camera. <laughs> Comfort is key, definitely. Uh-huh. So was it was it that easy? Was it just a easy uphill uh, or downhill uh, slide oh, into no. into work? Um, as, after you got out of high school, you went to art college, and then easy street from then on. It was, our college is hard. Um, it's a lot of people telling you that, like, I mean, the structure of, like, an illustration class is you do drawings in class, you take them home, you finish them up, you bring them back to class, and your teacher is like, I don't like it. Like, something's wrong about the anatomy. Um, why did you pick this color scheme? It's And it's, when you go into that raw, you're not used to people being so blunt about your artwork. You take it personally because it's, you know, your artwork and it's, sure. it comes from a part of you. Right. But it, it helps you, like, open up to constructive criticism and listening to everyone because everyone, that's who you're doing your work for. And you want people to read your images and, you know, relate to them and everything come across smoothly. And it, I guess that's the best part about, you know, going to art school was that it was a community of artists and we all were helping each other out. And if I was 3 a.m. and we had a final and I had a collection of drawings and I was on the last one and I was so burnt out, I would go to my best friend who was also an illustrator and be like, what's wrong with this? I can't, I'm, I've been looking at this drawing for too long. I don't, you know, I don't know what to do anymore. And she's like, oh, you know, you need to change the colors a little bit or add this. And immediately uh, everything would become more solidified and clear for me. And I just love that community of artists. It really helps you get started. And I guess that's what I miss the most about coming out of art school is that I'm kind of a lone ranger now. I um, work by myself, but I also get to talk to creatives like you and 
both of you and, you know, we get to talk about what we do. And I, I get that a lot with Instagram as well. A lot of young artists, you know, check out my artwork, um, stuff I've been working on. And it's amazing to see people where I was, you know, a few years ago, just trying to make things work, <laughs> make ends meet and people didn't notice so that's really neat. And yeah, and so you can relate because you're on the other side of that now, but you know exactly what that felt like. So how many years yeah. ago was that that you left, um, uh, that you got your BFA? Um, it's been a year and a half. And uh, so I'm very, I'm not, a prof- I, I guess I am a professional, but I never see myself as that. I'm still learning every day. I, um, when I look at your uh, website, I look at all the awards and the work that you've done. I mean, it's it's quite impressive. Did you see that, Lisa? I think it's I really awesome. I've been looking at it this whole time. Like, yeah. I'm just so amazed <laughs> by the the quality of your work. And I mean, I would. Amount, it's that's, amazing. Yeah. I mean, all these honors and awards in such a short time. Uh, I would call that um, a successful um, start to an art career. Now, what art college did you go to? I went to Ringling in Sarasota. It's a very good art school for illustration. They have all sorts of other, they have film and photography and everything. Um, The best part was they had, I loved this. I wasn't very much into digital, but it helped me kind of get into it a little bit more. And that's how I make most of my reference. Um, They had this giant lab of Wacom tablets, like the biggest you've seen. Um, Just resources that are amazing that you couldn't get anywhere else. And it, Nice. They had like 3D printers. It was crazy. Wow. So did you oh, – there's so many things I want to ask you now. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I notice that you do a lot of your your uh, design work for your references in Photoshop. Do you own like a Wacom or a Cintiq or anything like that when you're doing that? Are you working I on don't that? Have any, I don't have anything extremely fancy, but I do have a little Wacom pad that I hook up to my computer with a little pen. Pen on it, yeah. Um, sure. It helps you get in there and like – paints in some finer details. I like to make sure my my reference is very exact before I start so I don't stress out while I'm drawing. Like, is the anatomy wrong or, um, you know, is the lighting, does it look right or accurate? So I started off not having good reference and it really affects the way you draw, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. How many of your colleagues in art college were using colored pencil or was that a, a rare thing? Oh, I have a funny story about that. Um, oh, let's hear that. <laughs> um, so I was primarily the person that used colored pencil. Most were into digital, um, oil paints, mm-hmm. um, a lot of digital. A lot of people are, are going that route, sure. especially at art schools. Yeah. And it's amazing. I admire it. I, right. um, I just can't. I love colored pencils. And so... I started to build up a reputation. Everybody, I would get into some of the award shows and things at at the school, and everybody noticed that, like, you know, mixed media, digital, and then they would go to mine. It's like colored pencil on paper. Every time I get something, colored pencil on paper, <laughs> and uh, and I would always come to school with my giant case of colored pencils and just paper, and I would just start drawing. That's all I needed was just my beloved colored pencils. And so um, I was drawing in class one day, and this girl came in, and she was like oh my God, you're the colored pencil girl. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, everybody calls you the colored pencil girl. Like, and I was like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that that was like a, sounds like a, a weird, like art superhero or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I just, 
realized I'm like, I really mostly use colored pencil and it has given me a name and it's kind of embarrassing, but it's true. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's hilarious. Well, let's dive into that just for a minute here. Uh, This is a colored pencil podcast. So what Mm -hmm. materials do you use and why do you prefer colored pencils? I I noticed that you're, you use a lot of other mediums. I mean, you do a lot of mixed media. So, uh, and I want to talk to you about the oil rub thing too, but why do you okay. use uh, colored pencils and which ones do you use? Um, well, I I started off with the mixed media part. I started off only using colored pencil. Um, and it takes, it's very time consuming only using colored pencil. And uh, about to my senior year of college, when finals came around and thesis and I had to start cranking out tons of drawings, I realized... Um, maybe it was time to start exploring uh, quicker ways to achieve the look that I was going for without just mm-hmm. rendering out everything in colored pencil. Um, I got like tendonitis in my wrist that year because I was just <laughs> cranking out too much too quick. Um, but I had a mixed media class. That was one of my favorite classes. And um, he, he taught us about oil rub, how to use acrylic washes, uh, all sorts of bases that you can use. Well, specifically me, because nobody else really used colored pencil, but I'd go to him after class and I'm like, so I need your help. I'm working on this drawing and I need to set down a nice base for the background, but I'm not going to shade this all in in colored pencil. And um, that's when he was like, just use an oil rub. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you are going to need to explain that to me. So it's uh, just oil pigment and you just rub it into the paper. I usually use Bristol Smooth, but... There's so many kinds of paper out there, and I'm still exploring new ones that, you know, Mm -hmm. are for different uh, purposes. But I usually use Bristol Smooth, and you just rub the pigment into it with a paper towel until it doesn't lift up anymore. Hmm. And you could take out some of the highlights with a kneaded eraser and just go on top. It's like toning your paper, but it's a lot more permanent because I'm a very messy artist, believe it or not. And I think that's why I love colored pencil the most is because once you put it down, it's like, solidified it's mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. you get to work with it a little bit but it stays put right. pretty much and I, I remember i've played with pastels and it, i just oh man i had more pastel on me than i did on the paper <laughs> that's yeah, my experience yeah. with the medium as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've never used oil rub have you at least even heard of I it i haven't either i don't know anything about it that's why i was really curious about that yeah i uh <laughs> i remember when i found out about it 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 works really well as a base uh, for colored pencils. Hmm. Another thing that I like to use sometimes, unless it's on a tone paper, makes me angry. Um, but sometimes <laughs> with pan pastel is really nice. But if you spray fix it on tone paper, it uh, disappears pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I've been working on a yeah. drawing of a X-ray. Um, it's on black paper. And this is my first time working on black paper. And that's what I mean. I'm learning new things I saw every that. Day. That is incredible. I love that. Um, Thank you. So a lot of this is some pan pastel. Is that right? It's mostly colored pencil. I I was literally figuring it out as I was going. So what? Um, and I, what black? Okay. What what is the support? What what kind of support is it? It's. I think it's a Canson uh, black illustration board. board. Okay. Yeah, I've used that. I, I went to Michaels and um, it was like the only black paper they had. I was mm-hmm. kind of the, like sealed down to that but i actually i'm struggling with this paper i'm working on it right now yeah i uh, like i like that you put your pencils out there and we can kind of see um the size and the um 
the exposure level and all that. You've got a tiny bit of glare, it looks like, on the black, mm-hmm. but not a lot. And you've got quite a bit of intensity in that uh, white area. That's the problem I've always had with it is I just can't get a real bright look to it. Yeah. Uh, even in person and- when I'm seeing seeing the works um uh, sometimes that i see online and when i see it in person like that that is a little lackluster you know but i like how you yeah. put the pencils on here you can kind of see how intense it probably is in person because you can gauge that by the pencils yes and the trick to that i'm still learning this process so nobody try to do this <laughs> um but i actually found a prismacolor matte spray fixative that works wonderfully when you're layering colored pencil you because can, like yeah, when, that, you can layer it on top right, and that's how right. i get the whites really white um because the first layer it's kind of you like you said it's kind of like hazy yeah. lackluster you could still see the black paper underneath right. um but i did that's the picture that um you're probably looking at the one i posted on instagram yeah, of the x-ray right. is about the third layer so um and i went back in there and i i couldn't get much detail because the paper right. was really textured and it started pooling up because I pressed really hard. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is you just kind of learn as you go. And I'm like, maybe I wouldn't use this paper next time. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. I use pan pastel. Uh, and when I spray fixed it, it just disappeared on the black paper. So I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to stick to colored pencil for the rest of it. And that's the thing is a lot of people come to me for advice thinking that I know everything 100%. Like, oh, this is what you need to do, and this will work 100%. But it's really just playing around and figuring things out as you go. Yeah, Um, testing and problem solving. That's so much what being an artist is, too. And I have a hard time convincing people of that. They expect to go and get Mm -hmm. the answer from everybody. And it's like, if you're not willing to experiment on your own, you're not going to get very far. Right. Exactly. Now, with this, I mean, this is an interesting technique, and I have done this before where I spray the fixative down. The problem that I ran into with that was it was kind of gritty, grainy um, or something. I didn't like the texture that it was giving me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you run into any of that? Yeah, I um, I really like the matte spray fixative. I try to do it thin enough to where it, like, seals everything in. But thin enough to where it's not like really gritty. So I'm kind of like I said, I'm still figuring that one out because I, I have seen some issues with that. If you spray it too thick and it even a, like little flakes of it come up, and I'm like, oh no! And that's when you go into damage control and try to like quickly fix. That happens a lot in drawing, actually. Just like, oh, my God, I just messed up big time. You're just (laughs) sitting there looking at it, like, assessing the situation. Do I put acrylic on it to, you know, fill that area in or, you know? I've really been getting into mixed media, but it's only been the past year and a half. I actually, I get a lot of this from other artists I see on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. And I'm looking at their drawings and I'm like, how did they, you know, get that texture so nice or something so smooth. And I look at their process pictures and, you know, they have marker and I'm like, I'm going to try that. That looks like fun. Um, and I try it and it, you know, works really well for me. Or maybe the first time I'm like, I'm not doing this right. So it is a lot of playing around. It's like a, you know, I, I have like a lot of just random supplies and I just kind of, it's like a little laboratory and I'm just like mixing things and hoping things, you know, work out well. And generally I get a good final product. I usually plan things out as well as I can beforehand. I emphasize that whenever I try to, you know, somebody asks me for advice, I'm like, just try to get good reference, 
try to, you know, know what mediums you're working with before you do, but sometimes you got to just go in and uh, I usually do small little studies. That's why I call them studies because I'm usually trying a new texture, a new base, um, you know, new subject matter and playing around with that and, you know, hoping to use it on future illustrations because, you know, my bigger illustrations like the seasons that I've done and stuff like that, when I'm working on them, I know what mediums I'm using and, you know, what I'm going to do beforehand because I don't, you know, have the time to mess it up and start over. So I'm still looking through your gallery. This one <laughs> that looks that has the floating ship in it. What medium is that? That is digital. That was my first digital oh. painting. It is beautiful. I'm like so drawn to that. Like it's just, I love it. It just makes I me know. happy. One of my favorite um, movies as a child and books was Peter Pan. So I just, we had a, that was an assignment for one of my classes and we had to do a storybook illustration for, you know, a children's story. And I was like, Peter Pan right away. There's just so much life and luminosity and, so much you can work with. And that was my favorite scene growing up is all these fairies taking this ship into space. Like it's such a crazy scene and so magical. So I was like, I need to try my best to capture that, which is you rendered it so well. This is just, I can't stop looking at it. It's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Digital. And I still use digital sometimes, like I said, with reference and sometimes at the end with a little edits here and there when I scan in my drawings, but, uh, I can't, I just, if I had the choice, I would always pick colored pencil over any medium for sure. I'm easing my way into the idea of Faber-Castell because I've heard wonderful things. I'm going that way. Um, (laughs) I've seen, Lisa, your stuff is awesome. Actually, you're one of the main people I've looked at and I've I've seen your stuff and I'm like, wow, I need to try that out because that looks like a lot of fun. They it's are like, the detail you can get with those. If you're used to Prismacolor, the mm-hmm. detail that you can get with the Faber Castell is amazing. Like it's just, it's so easy to do with those. So yeah, yeah you'll I'm... you'll have fun with them, I think. And they work well <laughs> with Prismacolor too. Like you don't have to give up your Prismacolors because there are things that a wax based pencil I think are better mm-hmm. at. They're more opaque. Uh, they're they blend better for skin tones and that sort of thing. But then that mm-hmm. detail, the Faber Castell, they're so great to work with for that. And and I'm. Like, that's what I'm saying is that even though I use so many different mediums, there's so much out there to explore and new things. I get this little um, thing in the mail I subscribe to. It's called like Art Snacks. And they send you a little box full of just random, like highly rated art supplies. And it's like a little paintbrush, a little uh, colored pencil of a brand I've never heard of and different things. And I just use them sometimes in my drawings, um, all sorts of stuff. And I love little things like that because... You get to discover new things. And I know. I, mean, I do the smart art box. And for the same reason, really? I love it. I just did a sculpture. And I'm like, this isn't a medium I would ever normally work in. But exactly. Yeah. And it gives you the, I don't know without the art snacks one, but I know the smart art box one, it gives you all these instructions on mm-hmm. how like to do it. So for me, if it's something I don't know how to do, it like gives you all these tips. They're so much fun. I know. I, I'm doing the same thing. And I think it's important as an artist to never be too set in stone with what you're doing. And like, I, if I just stuck with colored pencil and white paper for the rest of my career, it, I would just get so un, uninspired. And it, yeah. it's 
what you use that also kind of fuels your creativity because uh, for Halloween, I carved a pumpkin, but I like actually did like a, you know, more three-dimensional sculpture out of it. And I'm like, this is fun. And then it rotted in two days and I was like, oh, <laughs> but it was still fun. And I had yeah. a lot of fun doing that. So it's just completely open to uh, all the different stuff that you can use. And I like gouache, gouache that was um, something I just, I got in my art snacks last year and it's very opaque. It's awesome for like when you're doing eyes or anything where there's like that really bright white highlight and you just can't quite get it with colored pencil and it's very opaque and it's perfect for that. And that's basically all I use it for, but it's very helpful. So that way when you do see the drawings in person, you're not like, Oh, like it's a little bit more three dimensional or a little bit more contrast or that the whites are more crisp in the picture, but when you see it in person, so a lot of stuff like that, um, and with the oil rub, like I said, I learned that in school. Just so much stuff you can use with color pencil. It's insane. <laughs> now, where are you getting these reference, the lighting on these? And, I mean, these photos, I can't even, they're amazing. So the reference photos themselves, where are you com- coming up with these? Um, let me use a specific drawing, for example. Um, so my self-portrait with the fireflies. Yeah. That's one where I involved more photography that I took myself and photoshopped it heavily and added in all the fireflies because obviously I wasn't like surrounded with fireflies. Um, But I was like in my closet. I had to put a black blanket behind me. I had got a bunch of different colored light bulbs from Home Depot. And I was sitting in my closet with a self timer, like trying to pose. You you have to do, you know, go through great lengths to get the. different lighting and things that you want. It's kind of embarrassing. But then when you get to the final products, you wouldn't think that I was taking pictures in my closet, you yeah. know, with the Home Depot lights and a black sheet behind me. But yeah, no, that's you genius gotta, though. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. And, um, with my different seasons, those are more heavily Photoshopped. I didn't take much of my own reference. I took little bits and pieces. I found a model's eyes that I liked. I found another model's nose. I found a hair texture that I liked. Um, different leaves. And I f- it's like oh, so many layers. It's like 50, 60 layers of just little images that I pieced together. So it's like my own image, my own idea. And when I turn it into a drawing, it transforms even more. And I get to use more of my imagination, kind of bring more life to it. But I, because what I do is, is more realistic, I do need to have that imagery when I start drawing I can't kind of make it up as I go entirely you know because then there'd be an eye over here you know I want to make sure I get the anatomy right before and have a really strong um image to look at so I getting reference is very hard I wish I was one of those you know very famous uh artists that have been working for 30 years and know all these models that can pose for them in these studios but right now it's just me in my closet or you know little (laughs) photoshopped images but I'll work my way up (laughs) there's some people that are like you're my favorite artist of all time and I'm like ah what like I'm (laughs) just like a person that draws pictures I don't know like there's like Picasso why are you saying me (laughs) I'm not worthy Um, because it really is I'm just drawing pictures and doing things that I love and it's amazing to see people connect to it like that because it's just part of me and I'm just putting it on paper it's amazing and I'm glad that people see it and they're inspired to draw or they're inspired to follow a career in it because 
I don't know where I would be if I wasn't an artist. I can't, I guess I would be a chef or something. I like cooking, <laughs> but I mean, I, I really, this is, this is what I love. So I, I would be miserable if I was, you know, doing anything else. And I could see myself being 80 with like arthritis and trying to get my colored pencils sharpened and I'm still going to be working <laughs> at it no matter what. So an electric sharpener. <laughs> yeah. My, I have a, an electric sharpener. Um, it's 15 years old. Oh my gosh. And it was my dad's when he was an engineer. Um, cause my whole family, they're like engineers. They are very on the other side of the spectrum from me. And he gave it to me and I've been using it and it hasn't died yet. It's just keeps on going and it's the best sharpener I've ever had. So I'm like, please nice. never die on me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it gets so much use. It's insane. I have so many colored pencils to be sharpened every day. So yeah, it's a little, one of those things that I'll keep around even when it does give out on me. <laughs> put me through college and all of this so <laughs> put it in its own little shadow box like, <laughs> there you uh, go. yeah make a memorial for it <laughs> put in some good work so <laughs> it's little things like that it's just uh yeah so what advice would you give like to other illustrators you do a lot of illustration work right so mm-hmm. how if if somebody is wanting to advance their career in illustration what advice would you give them and how do they make these connections well um one of the best things is i know not everybody can go to art school it's it's a far stretch and it's a lot of money and a lot of dedication but it does help you start your career because it teaches you how to read contracts how to kind of put your name out there in a professional way I pretty much only have myself on the internet professionally. I think I have a personal Facebook with just like close family and friends, but everything I do is promotion and posting my work and my website. You know, I kind of go through my BFA in illustration, what services I can provide and have it so people can look at it and be able to see that I'm a professional in in what I do. Mm -hmm. And when they come to me, I'll be able to provide them with what they want in a timely manner and be, you know, easy to work with. And I think every artist has to remember that being easy to work with, being pleasant and humble and just being a professional is the best thing you can do because once you have one great client, the word gets out. Um, I know that I've worked with a lot of amazing uh, companies like Nestle, PBR, uh, Walt Disney World. Um, I did a lot of work for my school as well before I graduated. And it's, all of those things started because they found me on the internet mm-hmm. and because I worked uh, so hard at getting my name out there, making sure that my uh, image was professional and that I, you know, presented myself well. And I think that came back and, you know, making sure that right. all my stuff was out there. So for people to see and find, um, Using the internet and social networking right now as an artist is a wonderful thing because 50 years ago, if you were an artist, you'd have to send postcards to companies and in snail mail, and it was much harder to get people to notice you. And it's a great thing to take advantage of and to understand. So do you have a lot of connections um, with the illustration piece happening on LinkedIn? I noticed you have a LinkedIn account. Is that pretty active or – uh, yeah, and I think it's a, what a, a lot of people go to to see 
my experience and what I've done before. Because when companies, especially larger companies, are looking for illustrators, I think they're just looking for somebody who can handle themselves right. and be able to read contracts and you know provide them with invoices. And um, they don't want somebody who's just like, oh, I like drawing. I can do something for you and kind of go into it blind. It's good to research how to you know interact with these companies and make sure that you don't get taken advantage of mm-hmm. and you get paid what you should and... I mean, illustrators, it's, it's hard. It's a battle. Is it consistent (laughs) Um, work? Is it steady, consistent work? Oh, no. It's, and that's the thing with illustration is there's times where there's dry spells and you're kind of getting nervous and you're like, oh God, when am I going to get another job? (laughs) You know, I have bills to pay. I have, how do you, you know, stuff like that. How do you balance that out? How are you dealing with that? Um, when I get into dry spells, it's a, a lot of, um, Focusing on doing personal work, which means I'll be selling prints and phone cases of that work. I'll, um, I get a lot of other job opportunities right. from my personal work, you know, because if I keep things fresh and I keep on posting things and showing people that I'm active and I'm, you know, doing what I love still and just putting out new work, you know, it will inevitably come back to me and there will be companies that see it and will, you know, Mm -hmm. be interested in what I'm doing. And that's how the um, book deal that I was talking about earlier, I just got off the phone where I'll have an art book that's coming out next year. And the first paragraph of his email when I opened it was, we saw your work on Instagram and we were really, you know, interested in what we saw. And if I didn't have my Instagram and I didn't post my work regularly and kind of give a behind the scenes on process and how I work, I don't think that I would have gotten you that opportunity. You are such a good example of the importance of using social media. Now, I have mm-hmm. someone who keeps commenting, he hasn't in a while, but he used to comment all the time on my YouTube videos how social media doesn't work and how it's pointless and it's a waste of time. And it's like, what are you talking about? You're doing it wrong yeah. then. Because <laughs> it is, that's how I make my living. And mm-hmm. Without it, I would make, I mean, besides teaching classes locally, I wouldn't be making any money without social media. Exactly. Yeah. That's a big part of it. And like I said, we have to, as artists, take advantage of the fact that we can put our work out there and create an image and get exposure. Mm -hmm. And And for free. um, And being that so many artists don't have income right away, it's, I mean, you can't ask for better. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, uh, it's very easy to get discouraged as an artist when you aren't getting much income or you're start you you aren't inspired and you're starting to get like kind of like an artist block and you don't know what you're going to draw next and you see all these people who are getting awesome jobs or are putting out amazing work and you're sitting there like what you know what can I do I need to get the the ball rolling on this and that's when I just like step aside from everything that's going on in my head and I just like take out a fresh sheet of paper. I put on some music that just, you know, gets me ready to draw, gets me excited. I get a cup of coffee and I just do a drawing for me. And, you know, just remember why you're doing it because it's easy to get caught up in all the industry of being an illustrator and will I get work and what do they think of me and all the social media. It gets stressful because you're manning basically a business all on your own. Mm -hmm. So it's good to touch base with, the reality of why you're doing this and you know, where you came from for sure. Such a good tip, such good advice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's very easy to get uh, overwhelmed. So you've got the book deal coming up. Do you have, what other future plans do you have? 
Oh, well, the book is a, a pretty big thing. I, and like I was saying about dry spells, I, I've been, well, I had eye surgery on both of my eyes. So I was about uh, out of work for about oh, a month. Oh, no. Are you okay? Um, oh, yeah. I was just blind as a bat. Um, I had an allergic reaction to contacts and glasses gave me migraines. And it was a constant oh, wow. pain, drawing, you know, and having all of this go on. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting eye surgery. <laughs> I'm, I want to see and not have to worry about that kind of stuff. So it was a good surgery and I can see awesome right now. And it's amazing. Kind of important given what your career is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, when I went into surgery, I was like, please don't make me blind. I need these eyes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I can see great now. So now it, this actually, this past week and the week before I'm like, okay, I need to start, getting jobs i need to start you know getting drawings out because there was a you know a little bit of a dry spell and it gets you more inspired when that happens at least me because i'm like all right this is we need to get the ball rolling on some things so the book deal kind of came out of nowhere and i was like oh thank god this is awesome (laughs) um and uh i have you know a few little jobs coming up freelance stuff there's a few personal drawings that i've had stuck in my head um, for months and I need to get on paper. So I definitely am planning on doing those in the next couple of weeks. Um, my family's probably tired of hearing me talk about them. I'm like, Oh, I want to do this drawing where there's, you know, this person underwater and there's glowing jellyfish and this and that. And they're like, okay, Morgan, just put it on paper. (laughs) You do have a, a, I mean, your, your work is very creative. I mean, it's just, it's, Amazing how realistic it is, and at the same time, there's that um, sense of uh, mysticism involved with it as well. And it conjures up a lot of um, inspiration and ideas in your head. It's not something you see that no, often with color it isn't. pencil. I get, I get a little OCD. I don't know how to describe it. You know what I'm saying? Like you just. When I'm working on it, I'm like, this skin texture isn't right. And I'm, I'm going to sit here for like two hours and figure this out. And it's going to look well, right. You really, you really push the limits, though, on that. I mean, you, you go, you know, in an incredibly cool area with the skin tones in the same drawing, the same skin, uh, same person, the same subject. You take it in the complete opposite direction, too. And it just balances so well, though. It, I, I don't I don't know that many could do that as well as you've done it. I don't know. That's kind I, of incredible. Thank really you. Is. You guys are so, so sweet to me. Um, I think one of my favorite classes in college was, um, besides the media class, was color theory. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and that's a, a good thing about art school, but it's also things you can learn on online. It's, I mean, I, I explore a lot online and find out just as much stuff. But it was amazing learning about, like, when I first went into art school, I thought that, you know, shadows were gray and highlights were, like, a whiter, a yellowish color. And you kind of, like, see a picture and you just interpret it as what you see. But my teacher was talking about how if you have warm lights, like a yellow, you'll have, like, violet shadows and... If you have, you know, all these different colors, they work together and they balance each other. And that was amazing to me. It, like, opened up a whole new world. Mm-hmm. And I focused a lot of my energy on getting the colors bright and exciting. And I just love colors so much. I, and I think you could see that when yeah. you look at my drawings. Yeah, definitely. I, I, don't, I have, like, one black and white drawing. And Which is one of my favorites. The lady the, with the, the, queen, the honey. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That was my first time using uh, pen and ink, and that's what I'm saying is it's. Uh, and what size is that one? Pen and ink was scary. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, um, most of my drawings are 
she was a little bit smaller than life size. All my drawings are just a t like a touch under life size. Um, I use like a 19 by 24 sheet of Bristol, um, Bristol smooth, smooth paper, and I usually trim it in. So they're usually about like 12 by 15 or, you know, I'm not very good at doing drawings at generic sizes. I got yelled at that a few times <laughs> um, in college because they're like, how are you going to frame Can't this? Frame this is like this. the weirdest dimensions I've ever seen. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that. You know what my solution for that is when I do weird sizes is just I got my own mat cutter so I can cut the mat to fit whatever size and then I'll make the outside edge of the mat fit into a standard frame. And then yep. say it was done on purpose. Yeah, there you go. I've done that a few times. <laughs> Definitely. For finals, because we had to get our stuff framed, I, that's when I was like, oh, no, why did I do this size? On all of my drawings, I had to do custom mats. And I remember my first hundred mats, I, like, messed up. Because it's hard to learn how to cut the beveled edge perfectly. And Yes. Oh, my God. I was in that studio with the mat cutter for hours. And everybody was just watching me, like. <laughs> screaming at this mat cutter why won't you do what i want you to do <laughs> oh god there's so much more involved in you know being an illustrator than just doing drawings there's <laughs> framing yeah. things there's being your own in your own business being an accountant being everything so it's uh, a lot of juggling and making sure that you still keep the balance and know what you're doing and what you love mm -hmm. is the most important because like I said before, it is very easy to get tangled up in everything. <laughs> so do you belong to any art organizations? Um, I've done stuff with the Society of Illustrators, mm -hmm. mostly uh, in college. And um, I got some stuff in the illustration annual, the communication arts. Lately, I've been so focused on social media yeah. and uh getting some more personal drawings out there because in college it was easy to get a bunch of drawings out there because we had, you know, to crank out three drawings every week or something like that. So, um, now I have to balance, you know, my freelance work with my personal work and some of the studies I do, which help promote my Instagram. Cause sometimes when I'm doing work that I can't post, I have to do the studies, which are quicker and let me explore, but it's also something quick that I can put on social media to kind of keep things fresh mm -hmm. and keep followers coming in. Because that's important, because if you don't post something for a month, you're going to start getting a lot of dead followers that, you know, aren't really interested in. People lose interest very quickly these days. Oh, so true. <laughs> I'm always telling people you have got to post constantly. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard because you always have to be like, oh, it's been like six days since I posted something. I need to get going on another drawing or something i need to you know and it's motivating too as well because you realize you know that you have all this time and you need to be using it to, to draw not only freelance but other, other things as well so i think having to the thing that's so great with social media is having knowing people are waiting for your finished product they're waiting mm -hmm. to see something new from you you've got this following and if for any of you who are not familiar or don't follow morgan yet her instagram account has 202,000 followers. So we're not talking about a small amount here. She has built that up to such a huge, huge following, which is like what most of us aspire to. But her advice that she's giving you about posting often and regularly, like there's a reason she's doing well. And the tips she's giving you guys are like priceless. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, uh, the first day I started to get flow into my Instagram. I was in class 
And I, I posted drawings. I didn't post as many as I should on my Instagram. And that's, you know, something I learned. Just post drawings, 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 you know, keep keep that going and really, you know, make that evident what your account is about and what your goal is. Um, but uh, this art featuring page called Art Collective featured one of my drawings. And I had like 200 followers, just close friends and family and stuff like that. And then I remember I was in class and all of a sudden my notifications were like thousands of likes, thousands of followers. I'm like, what is going on? There's like a glitch. Like my phone is broken. What, <laughs> what's going on? Like I was like, I genuinely thought that there, I need to like delete my Instagram. There's like a virus on this thing. Um, and I opened it up and they had like 400,000 followers at the time. And that was the first time I was like, oh my God, there's pages out there just geared towards promoting and getting your art out there. And they have, you know, from 300,000 followers to a million followers all there to see new art and new talent. And that's another thing that you should really look into if you're trying to get out there on Instagram is utilize these different, you know, pages that are geared towards what you want, which is getting your name out there as an artist. And it really, it really helps. I know that I posted the process of my x-ray drawing and it got featured on three or four art featuring pages. And I got, you know, 4,000 followers just from that one drawing or that one picture of oh, the drawing. Wow. So, nice. and that's, that's, you know, just kind of a testament to the featuring is also a huge part and they only do that when you're posting often, you know, making sure that they're good, you know, pretty good quality pictures and, you know, right. you, you're presenting yourself very well. And it's important to, like, especially seem professional on Instagram, Facebook, things like that. If you're posting selfies all the time. And, well, I, that's what know, I was going to say. What So define for us, what, what, what are you calling uh, professional then? Uh, and what's out of bounds, I guess? I, <laughs> I, I think, and it's hard for me to say because yeah. I'm not like the judge. Like sure. you can't post this. Yeah, or no. That. Just but, in your um, opinion, what what's good advice for uh, someone who who wants to know and keep well, it professional? You want to post things that if anybody from a CEO of a company to your grandmother saw it would not be. I don't. I don't want to say offended, but would see you as not uh, an artist who's you know, very passionate about their career and wants to, I don't want to use the word professional again, but um, just presenting yourself as being serious about what you're doing right, right. and that this isn't a joke to you. And I, I mean, you could post selfies. I post a picture of myself every couple of months because a lot of people think I'm a guy because <laughs> I have a very <laughs> gender neutral name. And so until before YouTube, a lot of people would be like, his work's amazing. And I'm like, hey, I'm a girl. Um, but yeah, so I have the occasional selfie every couple of months. Yeah. But generally, I keep it just my drawings process. And every once in a while, posting a cute picture of one of my pets. Because it's also not bad to you know be personal sometimes right. and bring people into your life a little bit. But also just making sure that it's you know, not you doing a keg stand or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, you want to humanize yourself without making yourself look trashy. Exactly. There we go. Um, but yeah, that's very important because I see a lot of artists or some artists, I go onto their page and then I start to scroll down to maybe before they posted a lot of uh, their drawings and it's just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, you start to get an opinion about person, whether it be good or bad. And sometimes you want to try to neutralize that and make sure that everything you post is 
not offensive or doesn't make you paint you in a bad light, you know. Morgan, thank you very much for your time and for allowing us to talk to you and all right. for all the great information that that you've given our listeners. Really appreciate that. We'll have to have you on again sometime in the future. It's so you. nice talking to you. I'm headed to Home Depot tomorrow to get colored lights. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I really, I appreciate you guys. Well, as always, the show notes can be found over at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And if you would like to continue the discussion, head on over to Facebook and post your question there in the Colored Pencil Podcast group. Thank you very much for joining us again today. And we will talk to you guys again next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. I might steal your chinchilla, by the way. I'm going to find out where you live and take him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I got him in college, and he has been my little buddy. I absolutely love him. <laughs> He's and, so uh, <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, I love chinchillas. His name is Pika. I was very original with that one. No, he looks just like Pika, too. It's one of my first times using a headset like this. I feel like I'm about to sell insurance or something. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't already recording. You made me record. No, I wasn't. I, <laughs> I was recording uh, on Pamela, the, the Skype recording. What kind of future plans do you have right now? What What are you? That involved? was the one I already asked. That was our last question, by the way. Oh, did you ask that? I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. that was our last oh, one. I, I apologize. Okay. We know Morgan. So you've got. The... Go ahead. Go ahead, Lisa. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I better ask a question, or John's going to give me crap no, for not talking. No. <laughs> <laughs>